Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Look with me uh, at your Bible, not in it, because I'm going to be all through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but I don't have one particular verse that I'm going to center in. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight, or this morning. I want you to maybe consider taking some notes writing some things down because this is kind of more of a teaching than it is a preaching, but I believe it's going to speak to your heart. I want to talk about seed power, S-E-E-D, power. So many times when we say the word seed, especially if you've been around church, we think of just the seed of our resources or our money that we can sow. But today I'm not even going to talk about money. Today I'm going to talk about seed power that you have that you may not even recognize. I'm saying to you today that everything that you have is a seed. Your knowledge, the trials you've been through, the battles that you fought, your your, your talents, your skills, they are seeds. Your ears are seeds. Your eyes are seeds. You see things other people don't see. Your, your compassion is a seed. And I want to show you today the, something that I'm going to call seed power that's probably lying dormant in your life that you've never thought about and how God wants you to use those seeds and sow them into people's lives and there will be a divine exchange of harvest back into your life of having and living a life of purpose. God has given everyone under the sound of my voice seeds. Seed is the beginning. Everybody say the beginning. Everything God does, he gives in seed form, and the seed represents the beginning. The seed is something you've been giving, something that you have been given that can create anything that God has promised you. God will never promise you something without giving you the seed for that something. And he watches to see what you do with the seed. Something that you know, something that you have, something that you have experienced that can become a seed. So I'm going to give you some seed power that maybe you haven't thought of. Number one, access is the seed for opportunity. I want you to think with me for a moment. Access is the seed for opportunity. Anytime God gives you access to someone's life, anytime that God opens up opportunity for you to be with someone, that access is the seed for opportunity. Opportunity to reveal your difference from everybody else to that person. Opportunity to to reveal your significance, to reveal your passion, to show what your unique perspective is in that place that God has given you access to. Access is the seed for opportunity. And what you ought to do is identify every environment in which God has given you access to enter. And begin to just not take that for granted, but understand 
that access is the seed for opportunity, that if God has granted you access into certain people's lives, in anyone's life, that is a seed that if you will sow it and plant it and begin to cultivate that seed, it will cause opportunities to come out of that situation. Realize that that seed that has been planted in your life can give you enormous opportunities. Number two, battle is the seed for territory. Get good at fighting. Get good at having to fight for everything you get in life because warfare is a lifestyle if you're going to take territory. You'll never outgrow warfare. We keep trying to get to a place where we don't have any battles, but battle is the seed for more territory. And if you don't want more territory, don't ask God for battles. Don't try to live a life of ease and comfort because the battle is the seed for more territory. You can't get more territory. I know when we launch a campus, I know what I'm getting into now. And I'm sowing seed for more territory, but I realize the battle is the seed for a new campus. I've learned that. I can't get the new territory without battle. It's going to come. Never allow the enemy to decide the weapons for you. David said, I'm sorry, Saul, but you're not going to pick the weapon that I'm going to use against Goliath. Your weapons are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You can use the weapon of praise. You can use the weapon of prayer. You can use the weapon. This is mine, fasting. If you get on my nerves enough, I'll fast about you. My weapons are not carnal. They're mighty. They'll mess you up. If I fast and pray and put you on a list, you're in Jesus' trouble. And that's the worst kind of trouble. He'll take sleep from you. He'll bring dreams to you. He'll make angels come into your bedroom. I'm telling you, we don't have carnal weapons. But the battle is the seed for new territory. So quit whining about the battle. Jabez said, enlarge my territory. And if you want enlargement and you want a bigger life, then get ready for bigger battles. Those kids are your territory. That marriage is your territory. Fight for it. That business is your territory. Fight for it. And if you want it to grow, then gear up and get on your knees and get your Bible out and, 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 and say, I got to fight more because I'm getting bigger and more territory. And the seed for battle is the seed for territory. The presence of a giant is proof you have entered your promised land. No giants showed up in the wilderness. The only time that giants showed up in the Bible is when they made it into the promised land. And if you're facing a giant you've never faced before, you have just stepped on to the turf God has promised you and you need to get a fight in your spirit and realize battle is the seed for greater territory. Somebody put your hands together and rejoice in the middle of the battle. Hallelujah. Strength is the ability to remain unmoved by an adversary. Hallelujah. Battle is the seed for the territory. And when you understand that, never fight what God, never fight for what God didn't give you. 
You better make sure what you're fighting for is what God gave you. And when you understand that and you stand your ground and fight for your turf, victory shall be yours. Number three, this is huge. Thankfulness is the seed for joy. Thankfulness is the seed for joy. There's a lot of depressed, defeated people listening to me right now, and I'm glad you're in church. You're exactly where you need to come with your sorrows, with your defeat, with your depression, with your discouragement. But hear what this preacher is saying. I'm telling you that thankfulness is the seed for joy. This is a problem for me. Confession time. I don't thank the Lord enough. I did a survey of my own life while I was putting this together, and I couldn't help but think that when I walk in a room, I will see the one thing that's wrong in that room and miss the nine things that are right. It's just my nature. That's bad news for y'all, because <laughs> I'm your pastor. <laughs> it's bad news for this staff, this team. Because if I walk in a room, I'll, it can be the most amazing thing. And if there's one little tile that has something out of order or some little spider web over there on a lamp, why is that there? I'm drawn to it. Thankfulness doesn't come natural for some of us. Some of you are so positive. You're so amazing. You're so incredible. When it rains, you don't... I say, when it rains, I think, ah, it's raining. You, when it rains, you say, praise God, free water. <laughs> so positive. When you hear a sermon on hell, you say, well, at least there's no heating bill. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to give some good jokes here. I'm not that way by nature. I'm just being honest. So how do you develop the seed of thankfulness that produces joy? Thankfulness has to be worked on. Thankfulness comes about by focus. I don't just focus on what needs to be done, what hasn't be, been done, what I don't have, what is not happening, but I focus on the nine things that are happening. And I begin to be thankful. Use self-talk to sow the seed of thankfulness that brings joy. God, you have sustained me. God, I'm thankful that you blessed me. God, you've been so good to me. Sometimes you need to sing a song of thankfulness like seed that you're sowing for joy. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. See, and when you sow the seed of thankfulness, it produces joy. Thankfulness is a seed for joy. Use self-talk. It must be verbal express, expression. It must be said out loud, praise God. God, you've been good to me. Everybody just take a moment and say, God, you've been good to me. Keep sowing that seed. Sow it in your family. Sow it when you're aggravated with your children and you're just seeing the negative and the stuff, but they're good kids too. And sow the seeds of thankfulness that brings joy instead of heaviness all the time. 
Confrontation, number four, is the seed for change. Confrontation is the seed for change. Anything unconfronted increases in your life. You are to confront what you don't like because if you don't confront it, then you will never change it. You'll never change what you permit. You will only change what you confront. And there are times when you are to confront things in your life if you want them to change. Or you can just sit back and watch it increase as you sit there quietly hoping for a miracle. There's a scary verse, and this is important to understand when God's confronting you about things in your life. God says confrontation is my seed for change in your life. And when I really love you, I won't leave you alone. I won't just let you keep doing what you're doing, but there are times when the Holy Spirit will directly confront you. And when he does, one of the most scariest verses in the Old Testament is God said, leave Ephraim alone. I've tried and tried and tried to get their attention. They won't do it. They keep worshiping idols. So leave Ephraim alone. I don't ever want God to say to me, leave Jensen alone. He's made up his mind. He won't listen to my spirit. He won't do what I tell him. If, if you're being confronted, it's a sign somebody loves you enough to confront you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. A friend is not somebody who gives you drugs and lets you live any old way and never quit. A friend is somebody who gets in your face and confronts you and says you're not doing right and I mean you're going to stop. You, that's a friend, not the people who want just to let you do what you want to do so that you don't have an argument. Boy, parents need to learn this. You're not your kid's best friend. Sometimes confrontation is the only thing that's going to bring change. Stand up and be a dad. Stand up and be a mom. Say, no, you are not going. Yes, you will. If you live under this roof, well, what about my freedom? Freedom is for people who pay rent. You're in this house, there's some rules. And confrontation is the seed for change. I like this next one. This is my favorite. Presentation is the seed for acceptance. Presentation. I don't care how good your product is. If you don't present it and package it right, presentation is the seed for acceptance. Some people don't understand. Every time we've changed this church, why did they buy those rock show lights? Why? You, you, presentation is the seed. We're still preaching the old gospel, the cross, the blood, the resurrection, the baptism. And the, still preaching it, just putting it in skinny jeans. <laughs> presentation. You remember when our choir used to wear gold robes? Y'all don't even remember that. They had robes and a lot of hairspray. And, and we, it was fun, but there came a time when we were missing a whole generation. Our, our, our crowd was getting older and older, and I want them older and older because they got all the money. I want them older and older. 
But we got to realize presentation is the seed for acceptance. You want a job? Just get up out of the bed. Don't comb your hair. Throw on old t-shirt. It's got ketchup stains on it. Don't brush your teeth. Walk in. Tell the guy I've come for the job. And he's going to say, okay, well, there's the other door. and Go straight out that way. Because presentation is the seed for acceptance. And that's why Esther soaked in oil for 12 months before she ever went in to speak to the king. The Bible, your Bible said in, es in Esther chapter 2 that she soaked in oil for 12 months because she understood my presentation matters. Well, when it comes to me, the Bible said that man looks on the outward appearance, but God sees my heart. But man sees the outside. And you better learn that presentation is the seed for acceptance. You can have an amazing, amazing message, but if you don't package it right. You know that Daniel, Daniel studied a foreign language when he was taken captive to Babylon. He studied the, 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 the Babylonian language for three years to have one conversation with the king. He learned how to talk palace talk so that when he walked in, he could speak in a way that the king would be interested in what he was saying. Presentation, presentation, presentation in the book of Leviticus was about how they presented the office. He didn't just say, come in, throw it down at the tent door and walk away. No, you had to bring it. You had to present it in a certain way through a lot of fanfare presentation. When God presented his son, Jesus, to the earth, he suspended squadrons of angels on, on choir stilts singing uh, glory to God in the highest in a bright light over presentation. Thought about Joseph when, when Pharaoh called him up to the palace out of the prison. The Bible said he did something strange. He changed his garment, put on, he packaged himself for where he was going, not for where he came from. Put on, put on a garment that was a Babylonian garment. And the Bible said he did something strange. He shaved his beard. Why? Because Egyptians didn't like beards. So Daniel understood that presentation is the seed for acceptance. And I don't want this guy to discredit the amazing word that I have for him because I, I don't look a way that is acceptable to him. Okay, we'll keep moving. Presentation is the seed for acceptance. It reveals the level of importance you are, how you present yourself. Upgrade your wardrobe every once in a while. Buy you some new stuff. Men, throw that old t-shirt away at some point. Retire it. I'm trying to preach nice. Present yourself on the level God made you. All right, can I give you another one? The balcony didn't say nothing. Can I give you another one? Buford and Gwinnett, can I give you another one? Alpharetta, whatever you call it over there. What's the name of that church? What? Coming, coming. <laughs> I'm coming over there too. I am, I'm coming over real soon. What was I talking about? Words 
are the seeds for feelings. And all the women said, amen. Amen. Words are the seeds for feelings. Words. Words. Right words are the bridge out of trouble. Any married man knows that. You come home, you put your arms around your wife and she does this. Walks to the back, not that I've ever experienced this, but she walks to the back, slams the bedroom door. That's a sign that somewhere you said something. And if you're, if you're smart, you won't walk up to that door with a marriage license and say, this license says you have to take me for better or for worse. And, and the Bible said, render unto the husband what you're supposed to render. Yeah, good luck with that. This is a 32-year-old married man standing up here. And some of you young people think you know everything. Let me tell you what you do is you, you just walk down that hall real just words are the seeds. Words are the seeds for feelings. You foxy thing. I didn't know. I don't know what I was thinking. And then you wait. And if you talk right, which I do for a living, I'll figure it out. That door will crack open. And when it does, you can give God all the praise. Amen. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Words. Words. But seriously, what kind of feelings are you creating with the words you're speaking in your marriage, in your home all week long? Are you nothing but old negaholic? Just spewing seeds of bad vibes and feelings everywhere. Words are the seeds for feelings. Think before you speak. Words are like a seed. So think before you speak. And the words are seeds for feelings. Do you want good feelings or bad feelings? Then think before you speak. Words are so much, are so important to God that he called himself the word. Let me give you another one. I've got about three more. Can I give you about three more? Order is the seed for productivity. Talking about seed power. Order. Order is the accurate arrangement of things. And order is the seed for productivity. If you want to, if, when you get order in areas of your life that are in disarray, it will immediately create pleasure in your life and in your emotions. Let me give you a practical example. You hadn't cleaned your car out and washed it in three months. It's got French fries from McDonald's up under the seat that have been alive or down there for four years. There's dirt everywhere. You want to get a pleasurable feeling? Just go get it cleaned out. Get in the car and you'll love everybody again. Everybody. Isn't that amazing? Let me put it to you women like this. When your husband cleans that nasty, filthy closet of his... And everything's good in your world because order is the seed for productivity. Number 10, problems are the seed. Oh, this is so important. 
Problems are the seed for recognition. You didn't realize it, but when God allows a problem to come to your life, he wants you to understand that that problem is not just a problem that has come, but it is a seed to productivity in your life, to recognition in your life, a seed to recognition. What do you mean? A problem is an invitation to significance. Your problem is an opportunity to reveal your talent. A problem on the job is an opportunity to reveal skills, to reveal the power you have to solve those problems. And the more problems you solve, the more value you add to anything. And when you become the go-to person to solve problems, suddenly you go up, 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 up. Problems are the seed for recognition. Anybody can bring the problems, but when you bring the problems to someone and then you have three ways to solve that problem, you become the most important person at that table. Problems are the seed for recognition. Problems are the very thing that God uses to exalt you and cause your skills to come to view that everyone will see. When Joseph looked at the butler and the baker, the Bible said their countenance was sad. He knew in that prison that they were the they were the exit. Their problem was the exit through which he would go out of the prison into the palace. He solved their problem and it caused him to end up in the presence of Pharaoh. Because problems, so important, problems are the seed for recognition. Order is the seed for productivity. Let me give you another one. Confession is the seed for mercy. When you understand that all God wants from you is honesty. I appreciate the fact that the Bible makes so many promises for the righteous. He'll do this and for the righteous. He'll withhold no good thing and for the righteous. He'll do that. But is there any hope for failures? Is there any hope for people, even believers, who have given their heart to the Lord, but they have failed and messed up and done something stupid and made a dumb, dumb choice? Here's the answer. Confession is the seed for mercy. Battalions of angels stood ready to destroy the city of Nineveh. But when Jonah preached, the Bible said that they fell to their faces and they began to cry out in confession and repentance to God. And when they did, God said after they fasted for three days, I'm not going to destroy this city because confession is the seed for mercy. Can I give you one more? Repentance is the seed for forgiveness. Well, wait a minute. I thought confession, confession, when you confess your sins, that's just saying, I did it. I'm guilty. I'm sorry. I did it. But repentance goes a little deeper. Confession admits I did it. Repentance is the seed for forgiveness. Repentance is saying, I didn't just do it, but I'm sorry that I did it. I repent of doing it and I turn away from doing it and I'm not going to do it anymore. By God's grace, I'm not going to do it anymore. Repentance and confession are different. 
And when you approach God with the, with the incredible power of a meaningful apology, we ought to learn that in all our relationships, the incredible power of a meaningful apology. Now, well, if I did it, I'm sorry. Well, if I did something, sorry. I didn't mean to offend you, sorry. The incredible power of a meaningful apology is this. I am so sorry. I am not trying to defend the wrong I did. Please forgive me. Please, whatever you do with this apology is not going to change how I stand for you from this day forward. Even if you don't show me forgiveness, it's not going to change. My heart to you is I am sorry. And when you understand that confession is the seed for mercy, it opens the door for mercy. And repentance is the seed for forgiveness. When I think about the word exchange, I think about that thief on the cross. There were two. One didn't repent, went into eternity cursing Jesus. There's another thief on the other side who began to confess and who began to repent. And when he did, he said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, which is a real insight, he said, you're a king. You're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. They put a mock robe and crown on you, but I see you are the king of kings. And I'm dying. I'm nailed. They've got me. I can't get free. I can't comp a promise. I can't give a scripture that I've kept. I've wasted my whole life. I'm nailed. I can't get out. I'm going into eternity. But Lord, if I can't comp a promise, I can comp a plea. I throw myself on the mercy of the king. And repentance is the seed for forgiveness. And a man who's wasted his whole life, suddenly Jesus says, well, I was going to go out with my last prayer, but now I'm going to do one more miracle before I die. This day you shall be with me in paradise. One of these days I'm going to preach a sermon called the thief that stole heaven. Prayed one little prayer. Lived wicked his whole life and with his last breath prayed one little prayer and repentance was the seed for forgiveness and confession was the seed for mercy. So what I'm saying to you today is there's nothing that you've done that God can't forgive if you'll confess Quit making excuses. Quit trying to earn it. Quit trying to deserve it and just confess, I have failed. I'm so ashamed. I'm so embarrassed. I'm, I'm, I'm living beneath the dignity of a child of God. 
This is not who I am. This is not the life I want to live. I'm ashamed of things that are going on in my life. And when you start talking like that to God in absolute honesty, God, I'm sorry. That is the seed for mercy and mercy in heaven turns your way. And then when you say, I repent, I mean, I really want to change. I can't change me. I can't quit. I'm in too deep. I've got this. I've got that. So now come grace, come the power of the cross, come the blood, come resurrection, come Holy Spirit power. Come, come and do what I cannot do. Then guess what? All of a sudden that repentance is the seed for forgiveness. And you walk out of this place with mercy, with forgiveness, and your whole life becomes a seed. I've heard others. I've But now my seeds are going to be seeds of life. And I'm going to sow everything I've been through as a seed. And your life begins to change. And it takes on purpose. And it takes on meaning. You begin to be someone who makes a difference in your family. Makes a difference on your job. You have seed power working through you. Because Jesus is Lord of your life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.